All right, guys, what's up? This is Matt from the Human Animal Podcast. We are back with another special guest, Jake. I'm super excited about this one. Me too. I have been tapping my MoveNet network hard you for have. this podcast. You have. <laughs> I really have. But uh, uh, this one is going to be, I think, a little extra special because uh, Kellen has some really, really cool ideas about how to integrate mindfulness and movement. And even though he's very familiar with that MoveNet scene, I think he's kind of taken it in a slightly different direction, which I'm excited to talk about. Um, so without further ado, I want to introduce everyone to Kellen Malad. Am I selling you right, your last name right, Kellen? Uh, my lad, actually. My lad. Yes, yes. Hey, everybody. Kellen, What's my lad. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, exactly. man, I go. totally got it now. <laughs> I've had it wrong for about two years. Everyone gets it wrong. I might as well just change it to me lad or my lad or whatever. My lad. Yes. Um, my lad. Well, Kellen was actually my uh, certification instructor when I went to uh, the MoveNet cert out in Boston. And then we actually met before that at a workshop in Columbus at uh, Jeff Turner's place, Fit to Play. Um, and we've been able to kind of stay in contact. And I even I actually got to assist Kellen at another certification up in Indy. Um, so MoveNet's kind of been our hub for connecting and kind of sharing ideas and, and sharing experiences, which has been really awesome over the last couple of years. For sure. Um, and Kellen has always impressed me with, uh, you know, actually you taught me a very important coaching lesson, especially when it came to natural movement. Uh, just let them move. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 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 We were, you know, that was something that when I initially came to the, the certification, I was like ready to almost over teach. I was really eager. I wanted to get in there, get my hands and, and Kellen's just kind of sitting back being like, yeah. Just let it move, man. You, just, you can say a couple things, but just let it happen. The magic is in the movement. Let it happen. Movement hippies. I know. Movement it was awesome, hippies. though. It was so good. That's right. I, That's still, I still think about that today to just let people move, especially when it comes to just that, that primal movement stuff. So Every time I bring this stuff to a, a new audience, I have to re-remind myself that same point, uh, just not to overcomplicate things, lay it out simple, make sure it's centered on fun, and then we can get into the nuances and the logistics um, in, in due time. That's that, that can wait, though. Just let it move. Yeah. So, Kellen, why don't you give uh, everyone a little bit more of a background on yourself and what you're up to right now? Um, and then I, I know I already have like a series of questions I'm excited to talk to you about. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. Um, yeah, well, again, thank you very much for, for having me on. I'm really looking forward to it. And um, yeah, I, I, I finished up the MoveNet gig um, uh, a while ago and uh, moved back home to uh, my hometown, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I've been here uh, just trying to uh, in, spread some movement goodness in the in the Midwest. Uh, right now I'm working um, at uh, an Athletico physical therapy clinic as a rehabilitation aid, using some of this movement stuff uh, as people transition out of um, the 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 process of, of um, physical therapy and start to think about moving more in the direction of fitness um, and how can movement kind of be a part of that 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 process kind of bridge those those two worlds um, and I'm also working at uh, in vivo which is a wellness center here in Milwaukee um, that, that houses um, 
physical therapists, yoga instructors, massage therapists, fitness trainers, nutritionists, and all different people with different skill sets that are dedicated to helping people um, live in this uh, uh, under this roof. So uh, it's also been a good experience. I've been teaching classes and, and doing personal training here. So that's kind of my gig, and I'm I'm still continuing to just just teach teach people about good movement, efficient movement, and keep spreading spreading the message. Yes, um, and one of the ways you've been spreading your message is your new blog website. That's right. At uh, Kellen, Kellen, my lad, <laughs> <laughs> which is Kellen with two L's and M I L A D dot com. Um, dude, I've been loving your posts. Thank you. I appreciate um, it. One and actually, one of the the first things I wanted to talk about is uh, some handstand love. Handstand love. Yeah. And just uh, so maybe talk to everyone a little bit about uh, your journey with handstands and like that movement practice and the uh, the kind of the the love there. Share the love with everybody. Um, else. I'm, I'm I'm glad I get to talk on this because I I do love me some handstands. Um, but you know, it really it, handstands handstands are just kind of my expression or my. It, just just what I do, but you can replace handstands with any type of movement practice. Um, it, for me, it started years and years ago. I think when I first got introduced to CrossFit, there was probably some kind of workout with a handstand push-up in there or um, just messing around with some buddies and, and starting to do some something new. So um, uh, I, I wasn't afraid to, to fall over once I kicked up. And, and ever since then, it, or... Uh, around then it was, um, you know, just whenever I had some free time, I was between clients. Um, I'll try try a handstand. I'll try kicking up and and see what I can do. And it's it went on that way for a really long time. I wasn't serious about it at all. And then um, you know, over the course of years, I think that little bit of practice, I just got a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. And then um, I started delving more into the world of movement via MoveNet and parkour, and um, started spending my uh, internet searches looking up different different movement skills and came across Ido Portal and saw what he was doing on the hand balancing side of things and um, just got more and more inspired to take it more seriously and um, eventually I found myself without access to any kind of a gym so I really had to uh, reprioritize and redefine what training and fitness looked like for me and handstands just just started becoming more of a more of a staple I started getting after it and, and wanting to see some some advanced skills and progress there and and that's been been heading in that direction ever since that was maybe uh maybe two two and a half years ago two years ago yeah awesome so you know i actually thought of several questions coming out of that but one you know how where do you think this i this complex movement um you know, per, pursuing progression and complex movement. How do you, where do you see this fitting into our current fitness industry and what people are looking for and, and what benefits complex movement and kind of, you know, the, the time it takes to progress into these higher level movements, uh, you know, what kind of benefits that can have that maybe we're not getting right now. Right. In the current um, movement culture. In the well, you know, there is it is a really exciting time, and there's a, a big uh, 
transition taking place, I feel, where, where people are starting to pay more attention to, you know, what's beyond the, the, the typical realm of fitness, what else is out there. Um, and handstands have been a, a, a prime example of that. Um, I think people are looking for uh, a new challenge, something else to dedicate themselves towards, um, possibly starting to ask uh, this, you know, why, what, what, what's the purpose of fitness? What, how are we supposed to move? And, you know, how, what, what's a good uses, usage of our time? And what are we devoting our time in the gym towards? Um, and when we start to think about complex movement, then we, we start to have these, these goals, um, and, and we've short-term and long-term goals, and we can see through progression that um, week after week, a little bit of practice, 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 we'll, we'll, we won't hit a ceiling, but we can keep pursuing these complex movement skills. So, um, you know, I, I, as, a, as a guy that's been in the fitness industry for so long, I, I can definitely attest that I've seen a lot of people run into uh, boredom and burnout uh, I think that this growing trend in in rediscovering movement, embracing movement, um, really allows people a lot more novelty. But balancing that desire for novelty with um, more dedication and more um, more respect for the process that it takes to uh, realize your your physical potential. Yeah, and that's a you know that's an important one. That's something that we still struggle with in our gym is is getting people to think about not only the you know the the why but also respect for the process right yeah and that it's not going to happen instantly and that it really shouldn't happen instantly because if it happens instantly your results really don't matter to you easy come easy go that's right that's right you see a lot of uh a lot of modifications and 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 you know, you'll, your, your body's amazing. You'll find ways to cut corners. Um, but you know, through these complex skills, um, we can really then step back and take a look at the foundations, the basics, and, um, as coaches really impress upon people, how important it is to master, um, the very basics before you can, uh, before you can move forward onto the, the fancy stuff. So I know you said you were inspired by kind of what you played around with handstands and you were, you know, engaged by some stuff you saw online, like Ido Portal, who is incredible. And I'm super jealous of everything he does. <laughs> um, but what would you kind of describe as your why then? You know, you talked about how it, you know, other people are engaging in this why fitness. What's what's your why? The why? Uh, I think there's a lot of layers to that. Um, I think the why for me starts uh, from that MoveNet perspective, um, respecting the practical application of movement first. Um, I want to make sure that I've got my my practical basis covered, that I've got enough physical competence to do what humans do naturally um, in in terms of of crawling and walking and running and jumping and climbing, lifting and carrying. uh, all those all those basic movement skills I want to make sure that that those are up to up to par and and can 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 get me around this earth um, somewhat uh, efficiently and effectively um, beyond that um, i I think that there's some deeper deeper um, some undertones there too in terms of uh, 
uh, personal fulfillment and happiness, that movement becomes uh, an expression of self. And that's something that I've, I've really been embracing um, probably in the past year or so, that it's more than just it's more than just physical ability, but it, your movement practice is an extension of who you are as a person. And getting out and uh, finding new ways to express yourself through movement um, is just an, a, another way to experience ourselves in the world. So for me, handstands just kind of, uh, I gravitated towards the, uh, the, the precision of it, the complexity of it, the elegance of it. Um, and, and I guess to, to, to some degree that that, my, my love for handstands and that practice is just a, a reflection of who I am. It feels very, very aligned with who I am. Uh, I, I, I throw that out there. I try to talk about that a little bit more because we don't talk about that a lot in, in our culture. And we don't talk about those those personal aspects of it. But uh, as far as my, my journey's gone, um, you know, that's, that's where movement has, has led me from, from the practical to the, the more creative and the more uh, expressive side. So I, I, I do like to talk about that and encourage other people to, uh, to look for that as well. I hate how well-spoken you are. (laughs) 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 Oh man. Uh, it, you know, we just had a um, an event at our gym earlier today, and I I had a whipped cream pie shoved in my face. Oh, nice! Um, and I felt like I had some creative movement in how I flung the whipped cream off of my face afterwards. Oh, okay. Um, so that was pretty good. All right. <laughs> Any kind of whatever your expression is. I know all, whatever your expression is like headbangers ball. Good movement. Um, what about so the next question then is you know you you've kind of gotten into handstands you've you are engaging people in this conversation um but what have you found has been like you know you've went around in movenet to do all these different workshops and conferences and you're still teaching how do you introduce people to this concept you know what's what are what are you seeing in the populations that are coming to these uh events and wanting to learn um, and then how do you kind of get them started? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, because I've, since I've been back in Milwaukee, I've, I, I was, I, I went from MoveNath where people were, um, uh, finding out about MoveNath through something on the internet, typically some kind of, uh, referral or blog post review or seeing videos, um, and, and I, those workshops I was teaching, um, you know, it was kind of, uh, teaching those who are interested, pe- teaching people who are already moving in the right direction towards, um, um, more movement, a more of a movement based approach to fitness. Um, then when I got back, uh, moved back to Milwaukee and, and started training the general population again, it was, all right, how do I take this stuff and, and introduce it to people who, um, have, have no background in it, or or at least um, uh, you know it, it's it's not a familiar experience yet. Um, it's a new way to look at fitness, and um, definitely tried many different approaches. Some were successful, some um, completely fell 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 flat. Um, and that's not I, good in the handstand world. That's <laughs> definitely not good. So one thing is that I don't start with handstands. That's for sure. People people see me doing handstands and they're like, "Dude, get out of here!" I'm I, there's no way I could ever do that. And in my head, I'm like, 
yes, you can totally do this. It's just about progression. It's, it, it's attainable to anyone, but okay, understand. You um, start more from a psychological perspective. In MoveNet, we talked a lot about the human zoo, um, this, this culture that we've created that's very sedentary, um, that, that we're very used to controlled environments. Um, so you have to, you know, when you're training with, with, with the general population people, you have to respect that, that, that that's, that's where you're starting. And um, you, you can't just push people out into uh, these crazy movement skills or, or crazy complex environments. Um, you have to start with kind of what's familiar and then move forward from there. But I've found that helping people alter their, their perspective, their, their mindset right off the bat is very important. So I'm encouraging people to um, uh, really love and respect their body when it comes to movement. Um, I encourage people to, as we're going through various movements, to to make mistakes, take chances, try something new. Um, uh, I have a, a third rule that I talk about is... Um, finding the right progression of movements that works for you. That if we're in a group setting, if we're in a class, I'm going to show you a movement. We're going to create some kind of baseline, but I want you to find a way to either regress or progress that movement in a way that works for you, for your body. Um, we move in similar patterns, but we don't move identically as, as individuals. So um, understanding that and tailoring the process to, to, to you from taking some, uh, some autonomy there. And, uh, that last piece that I always hit home, uh, my fourth rule is to, uh, trust the process. Uh, I've countless times heard, um, yeah, I took your class a few weeks ago or a few months ago and it sucked right away and it felt really awkward and I was, I didn't know what to do and I had no sense of my body and here we are fast forward a few weeks and, and, and things are getting better. I get it. My, my body's learning. Um, and, and that's a very uh, that w- once someone once once someone has that that realization, um, then there's a lot of opportunity to uh, to move forward, and and uh, the sky's the limit from there. But it's all about shifting the mindset from an outcome focus to being a you know so concerned with how you're performing to more of a process fo- focus, and just realizing that you know accepting where you're body is in the current moment and taking every opportunity you can to to get better uh slowly that was one of the things with the with movement culture i was i was like uh i think a lot of the people you've taught are in movement and, and in these different things i saw you know a video of erwan with his, you know, flowing locks and yes. glistening muscles in the, the the hot sun, uh I think it was the workout the world forgot, right? Right. Um and it just kind of tugged at something in me where I had been involved in fitness for so long that this seemed new and kind of limitless in a new way and it spoke to something kind of in me that that I mean, obviously, has had me hooked ever since, and has been way more sustainable for me, um, because I once you get into it and once you start exploring it and, and asking these questions, you realize this is becomes a part of your life. That's why it's movement culture, right? Right, it becomes absolutely. a part of your life instead of being something you do 
for the rest, you know, to make everything else better. It's integrated in. It does make everything else better, but it's not separated from what you, you know, right. what you are. Right. Um, which has been really a powerful thing for me. And it's, it's awesome to see people go through that process, you know. It really is. Um, and just like you were saying with the outcome-based stuff, that's, you know, I still hear people talk about, you know, the common things like calories out. How many calories am I burning? What is this doing? And and I think we lose the joy in the process with that because that seems way too focused on the the outcome, um, and in a very limited limited view of what the outcome, the desired outcome is. And I'll even see people like you know go hiking, and they're trying to go as fast as they possibly can and get their heart rate up, and they're thinking about how this is going to affect my body and, and make me healthier instead of, you know, enjoying just it. enjoying the fact that they're in the woods and that they're moving and that they can take, they can go slow. They can go fast. Um, just the other day, you know, I, and I still fall victim to this. I, I was sharing with, did I share this with you, Jake, the other day, the other day we, I went for a walk with my dog. A lot of times when I go for a walk with my dog, I'll end up plugging in a podcast, which I'm so now I'm, I'm basically ruining our podcast because I'm telling people not to listen to it. Uh, I'll plug in headphones. I'll listen to a podcast. I'll be walking around. I'll be enjoying it. But when I get back, I, I'll kind of be tired still. I'll kind of feel mentally drained a little bit. I've been kind of intensely focusing for about an hour as I walk. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, just this past week, have not been sleeping well with the baby. Uh, not as well as I'm used to, not my, you know, 10 right. hours of beauty sleep a night, uh, with my facial scrub on, you know, all that <laughs> other stuff. So I, uh, I went out for a walk. I didn't take the phone and I started just kind of playing and thinking about what I would do if I were a kid. And I know we use that analogy a lot, but it's true because we're not self-conscious as much then. Right. Right. Um, we're not so self-aware to a point where we're concerned about our appearances. So I'm, I walked as slow as I could to try to make no sound. I would go fast. I would pick a spot and try to hit it. And this is from a previous guest, Travis. Travis Graves was on a couple weeks ago. Oh, nice. And he talked about, you know, cadencing and trying to, like, pick a spot and hit it with precision. Right with the, the foot. Pick a foot, left or right foot. I'm going to hit that spot with my right foot. Um. I would swoop under stuff. I would crouch down. I would look at what my dog was sniffing. Um, never trying to rush her like, oh, come on. Why are we even stopping? Why are we stopping to smell the roses? We should be keeping this pace up the whole time. We've got somewhere to be. And the difference, I, I try to explain it to people, but the difference is, was remarkable. I came back and I felt like I had slept for four hours. Hmm. I was reinvigorated. My mind was more focused. Um, I didn't. You know, I didn't even really care what I had done on the walk, except for the fact that I wanted to share it with other people. So I was trying to think, oh, what are all the things? What are all the little games I made up while I was out for 45 minutes? (laughs) And I couldn't even remember them all. Um, And I think getting into that mindset is so different and so fulfilling and so, you know, potentially life changing that. You know, anything we can do to get people those experiences where they start the, their their own personal journey yes. towards what means something to them, like the better, right? Mm-hmm. It's a long story. <laughs> Good story. Thanks, Jake. Um, so, Kellen, 
when you're looking at, you know, handstands in particular, I don't want to harp on it, but you are basically the best person I've ever talked to who does handstands. (laughs) So I don't have Ido on uh, speed dial yet. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. Um, But what was the progression like for you with handstands? Because handstands are something I've also been really interested in. You know, I would set myself a goal like, okay, in six months, I'm going to be able to walk on my hands 20 yards. Um, and I, you know, with mixed success, I got to that point, but I feel like part of it was maybe not respecting the process as much. And I remember there were, for me, there were a couple key things that, that changed. One was I started doing more ground movements, uh, like original strength, Tim Anderson, we've talked uh, Jeff Newport stuff, yeah. like a lot of, you know, uh, neck movements and rolling, uh, rocking, crawling, just adding more of that into my everyday movement seemed to make my, you know, whether it challenged my vestibular system more or something else, like my balance just got better on my hands almost without thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second thing was I stopped worrying about how long I was holding the handstand. <laughs> and and I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I only held it for five seconds. Dang, you know. And that would be the focus of my practice. And I started just thinking, you know, I'm excited to spend some time up in in this handstand today. Um, Those two shifts were big for me. But so kind of uh, from a more practical perspective, if someone has never done a handstand, how would you introduce them to the movement? You know, what kind of maybe mindset training? Maybe there's some stuff that you've experienced, like what I experienced, that really helped you progress uh, over the last couple of years. Sure. Um, well, kind of g- going back to, to your previous story as well, you know, I think that you talked about this creative um, uh, mindset or this ability to just kind of uh, free yourself of, of a, a, a set structure or agenda per se and, and allow yourself to explore a little bit, uh, try some new things out, create. Um, I, I, I think that's a great place to be, but I also recognize that it's a really, uh, it, it's very difficult for people to get there. So when it comes to handstands, um, you know, really just kind of encouraging people, you have to find a way to show people that yes, you know, you totally can do this, and you may not be, um, you know, there, there's so much, so much, uh, there, there's no ceiling when it comes to hand balancing. Um, I'm my practice is in its infancy compared to um, you know a, a lot of what I see, and that's exciting. Um, but it's also kind of daunting, I think, to the new practitioner. So, um, as as someone who kind of knows what the feeling is like, um, the internal sensations of the body while you're upside down, um, potential uh, things to watch out for as you progress. Uh, I like to be there to help people just kick up to a wall to start with. Um, that that's not necessarily the universal entry point, but I think for the person who is uh, of reasonable fitness level, um, is has some kind of movement background, be it in sports or dance or um, uh, just some kind of activity, some basic foundational strength. Kicking up to the wall um, can be a, a good place to start. There's other drills to build up to that, obviously, um, but just just getting upside down and, and feeling that feeling and knowing that there's someone there um, to, to 
help guide you down if you if you lose your balance and fall and to just give you a little bit of uh, some pointers on on orientation when it comes to to inverting for the first time uh, can can make all the difference we can start to create a, a mindset around um, you know I, I can do this as opposed to no that's super scary and, and unattainable um, you show create crack up some little wins first and and then um, then progress will start to snowball in time. And I, I think that's really what, what it amounted to with my practice was a little bit of practice here and there, just trying what felt safe and what felt fun and attainable to start with. And then after a long time in that realm, then I was like, okay, I, I, I can do this. I've got some skills and I can take this to the next level and start doing some other stuff. Earlier, Matt, uh, had mentioned that he does things like, you know, rolling on the ground, these original strength movements, and he felt that they had a really um, a beneficial impact on his ability to do handstands, right? Right. Uh, so are, are there any other kind of like complementary exercises that you do that you feel have had um, you know, a lot of impact on your ability to, to be successful with the handstands? Yeah. Um, as we, as, as you get into uh, an inverted position, all of a sudden it, it, your body awareness becomes challenged, uh, to a much higher degree. It's hard to know what's aligned, um, what, what areas are, are tense and, um, and, and just how to organize all that. So I definitely feel like the first step before if, 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 Kicking up to a wall sounds even sounds way too too uh, too big of a task. Uh, starting out by just moving on the ground and creating some body awareness. Um, the hollow position is a, a, a really nice place to start. Learning how to link the body together through the core. Learning how to um, you know stabilize from the middle of the body and then um, draw strength. Um, um, from the appendages, just creating a solid single unit through the body. Um, so that how that I know it's a gymnastics term, the hollow position. Um, that's been been really key uh, for handstand training, um, but also our various climbing drills um, to help open up the shoulders, increase shoulder mobility, um, and um, any kind of uh, crawling movements as well are very nice to help build some awareness of of the. Um, uh, nature of the pelvis and the rotational nature, um, how, how the pelvis needs to be aligned and, and how that plays into just connecting the body once again. So I think, I think moving around on the ground is a great place to start. You just gave me another reason to crawl mm -hmm. even more than I already do. Yeah. Right. Another reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, um, you know, we talk about play and being creative, but, you know, that's not to say that movement is not a lot of hard work, right? And that there there aren't any, that there's not, like, planned progression and time spent working mm -hmm. on stuff that's not necessarily super fun, right? Right. Um, so, can you just talk a little bit, I know you've written about it, but a little bit about that work-play balance and how you find that in your practice? Yeah, absolutely. It's been such a such an important realization and, and um, important to help me keep my balance because um, 
when we talk about this movement culture, I think for the individual that boils, boils down to creating a lifestyle that revolves around movement um, as a way to maintain um, health um, through the physical level, the mental and emotional levels as well. So um, you've got to have some balance there. It, it, it can't be all um, blood, sweat, and tears, um, grinding it out with the, with the work, but it also can't be all just um, um, random acts of play either. There's got to be there's got to be some kind of link there, some balance. So um, I think when especially spreading this message and getting more people to move, play is is definitely the the vehicle to do it. Um, we've talked about this before, Matt. You know, just having the ability to put people on a balance beam um, or getting them crawling around on the ground or playing a game of tag um, reminds them of of a time when 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 they were playful puts a smile on their face puts them in a good mood gets them in a mentality that they that they can achieve that fitness doesn't have to be something this grueling overwhelming task um and and you you create some love there through through playfulness through fun um and then that's the foundation upon which work can be built um once you once you shift your mindset there uh, into one that that you believe that you can succeed, then you can start taking the necessary steps to move forward, um, be more calculated with your progressions and planning um, how 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 you're going to go through uh, through your journey and get to your goals and attain whatever movement skills that you have. Um, and and I think to to go even further in that cycle, there's times when you 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 put that work in. You're you're training really hard. You're uh, you're putting yourself through a lot. Um, you need to return to play every so often to uh, I, I, to 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 just keep your sanity. Really, uh, it's hard. We get we especially you being kind of an ambitious person and being um, dedicated to your training. You wanna you wanna go. You wanna see progress. And there's gonna be an ebb and flow. There's gonna be times when progress is just uh, coming, 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 left and right. Um, and, and you know there's there's breakthroughs every week. And then there's gonna be these times of where you're just kind of staying put, and it feels like you've you've plateaued or stopped moving forward. And those are the times when you need to trust the process. Um, and keeping an element of playfulness is a really good way to get through some of those slower times when progress may not be coming as as quickly as you like. And you know how much you know this is something I've been thinking about recently. You know how much work or or scheduled you know or like predetermined practice do you think we need in order to maintain progress because recently you know my kind of take on it has been for most people the amount of like really predetermined movement practice they need is relatively low to see a lot of progress right right like even 20 or 30 minutes three times a week you can make some significant progress on that mm-hmm. huge progress going just going from 0 to 1 yeah just yeah. That, that initial change yeah yeah absolutely i think because we're operating and we talk about this a lot in move net we're operating off some big 
major principles, and we're applying those principles um, to a a wide spectrum of movement. So um, we're we're reinforcing the basics through uh, a lot of variety, and, and I think that that's when it really we get this explosion of progress. Um, where just a little bit of, of focused practice throughout the week yields a, a, a ton of results, especially for, for the beginner. You're re-educating your body. Um, I've always referred to it as um, learning to um, speak the language of your body again, becoming fluid in the, the language of your body, um, and, and just learning that, that a, a, a squat is a squat no matter what the variation is. Um, same with a lunge pushing, pulling, um, gait patterns, all that. There's, there's a lot of different movement to express, um, and a little bit of practice will, will yield big returns um, and, and results that, that are kind of global um, and not nece- necessarily specific. So, uh, and then in time we see that, you know, it's wherever, it's wherever you want to go, whatever you want to do, when you start getting more advanced, you have to start, uh, being a little bit more focused and, and regimented about what your training looks like. But for the general person, and I think what we're really getting at with the movement culture is, uh, not about, uh, you know, building a population of, uh, American Ninja Warriors per se, but just, just building people that are, that, that, are in control of their bodies that feel connected to their bodies and um, you know can can move efficiently and, and meet the demands of their of their everyday life um, that doesn't uh, that doesn't require a, a, an enormous investment or that's not beyond uh, the, the the time investment that the average person has I, I feel awesome um, so how many? How, what does your training schedule look like on an average week at your at the level that you're at now? Oh man, <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to move move all the time. I think it's so it 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 movement has become so um, central to um, to my everyday life, and and you know I can think back as a teenager and in my early twenties, it was. Um, getting my workouts and getting my time in the gym was separate from my from everything else. Um, and you know, these days I try to move as much as possible. I definitely don't beat my body up like I used to, but I spend I log a lot more hours uh, moving. I do that for my own my own practice and furthering my skills, but also to become a, a better coach and really stay connected to. Um, to the process in order to, to help people wherever, wherever they're coming to me at. Um, so I guess in terms of hours, um, it, it, it boils down anywhere from, um, 30 minutes a day to, um, to if I'm lucky and, and the schedule works out the right way, then I might train, um, I might train three to four hours within a day. But, um, it, 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 it's always taking the opportunities when I have them. There's not always a two hour block of time that, that I can just focus on, on, um, handstands or my stretching protocols or, um, weight training or whatever it may be. But, um, I know that if I've got five minutes, I can do something with that. I can, I can, I can do something with it, whatever it may be. I can, I can climb on something. I can jump. I can squat. I can move around on the ground. I can stretch. 
but I, I really try to stay focused on taking those opportunities as they arise. Um, there's, there's very little idle time in my, in my day. Um, if I've got, if I've got the opportunity to move, I'm going to, I'm going to take it. Do you see like being that you work, uh, you know, right alongside a physical therapist, do you see those individuals as being, uh, more open to this type of approach to fitness being that I see it, you know, we, we talk about like enjoying the process as like, you know, there's no end point to when we should stop moving, but when, you know, we typically don't appreciate it until we can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So it seems that those individuals who are just coming off an injury, uh, that they would maybe have a different perspective and say, man, yeah, I really do just want to be able to walk. And so like they appreciate that more and appreciate more of just the, the movement itself than necessarily the results of, Oh, I'm going to go, go for a walk so I can burn calories. Yeah, you're spot on. It's been a breath of fresh air getting more into the world of physical therapy just for that. Um, I mentioned that, uh, well, in fitness, you, you going from a traditional paradigm to a movement focused approach, um, generally requires this shift, this shift away from focusing on your goal weight or how many calories you're burning or what your exact heart rate is. All these, all these metrics that we try to micromanage. Um, but when people are coming into this process after having lost um, some of their ability, they're very, they're very aware of just what a gift it is to move, um, and very motivated to reclaim some of that. So, um, you know, as that process goes on and the, and the, the manual therapy has been done, the isolated, um, strengthening, uh, work has been done. Um, and we start to approach this integration phase again. Um, yeah, definitely people, people see it differently and really value, um, and, and, and respect movement, movement that has been previously taken for granted. And that's what it comes down to looking, how can we, we respect, um, you know, just walking the basics of walking and expand that definition, um, um, turning our, our typical exercises into, um, more practical movements. And this stuff starts to make sense, creating a link between your, your fitness practice, your movement practice, and your overall lifestyle and and who you are as a person. We, we create, create some, a bond there, um, a connection, um, and yeah, those people that, that are, are in the rehab world, um, seem to be, uh, they, they catch on quick. So Con, I just got a couple questions left for you. Cause I know we're sure. coming up on the end of our time and right really, really loved having you on here. Um, I actually want to go back to something that you said before about stretching. So yeah. I'm just curious as to what kind of like your take on stretching is and your stretching protocol. Because I feel like stretching is one of those topics, just like basically every topic in the fitness industry, that exists on this pendulum where it swings one way and we hate stretching and then it swings another way and we should be stretching all the time. (laughs) And then, you know, usually it's somewhere in the middle that tends to be like where most people need to be, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But what has been your experience with stretching and how how do you, you use it? Um, historically I have never, I've been, um, uh, I've been pr- generally pretty flexible without having to work, work for it. Um, 
and I, so I never really stretched. Um, I never really, uh, did much focus stretching. And then there got to a point, yeah, I got, you hear, oh, you know, stretching weakens your muscles or, um, or, or, you know, all those little arguments. And, um, I, I definitely realized that the little, uh, lip service stretching, those little five minute, um, quick ones that you do at the, the end of a, a rigorous conditioning workout. I was like, well, this probably isn't doing that much for me. I never really got into stretching. And then, um, I don't know, it's just been recently that I've really wanted to focus on it, to dedicate more time to it, um, have a little bit more intentionality behind my stretching. And I've really, I'm a huge advocate now. Um, I, 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 I think that a lot of people go wrong when they stop involving themselves in the process of stretching, when it becomes a solely a passive process. You're, you're putting yourself in some kind of position to create the stretch, but the mindfulness isn't there. The intention of getting better, getting more flexible, elongating the muscle isn't there. So again, I think we, we need a, a, a change in, in how we're looking at stretching um, because the more we can stretch, we incorporate those right into um, our movements. And I, I just really, uh, it, it just feels so, so damn good to, to stretch your body out. Um, in terms of longevity, uh, I, I talk about your hips. Your hips are the gateway for movement. Um, you know, your shoulders are, are another one. But, you know, if you mess up your shoulder, you're, you're limited. Life sucks. But if you mess up a hip and things aren't going right in that region, um, your your movements are really compromised. It's really hard to um, effectively move through the world. So um, really keeping the hips open and finding um, strategies to to develop more mobility and more flexibility in, in that region has been huge. I use a lot of the gymnastics protocols um, out there. Um, you know, uh, and 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 look at those positions: the pike position, the straddle position, um, and um, um, anything to to open and elongate the hips. Um, splits training, and I, I find that I just feel I, I feel so much better when I work that stuff. It keeps me in balance, keeps my strength training in balance, and um, just keeps me feeling feeling really good, feeling really energized. Awesome. Um. Last thing, where can people find more of your work? Where can they get in contact with you? Do you have any events or any? And I've seen you do some like workshops uh, in Milwaukee before. And, you know, I, I want to know when people should be on the plane to come up and see you. <laughs> um, well, uh, I, I, I did just uh, put together a website recently, decided it was um, I was overdue um, and needed to start writing about some of this stuff because movement's such a huge part of my life. So I put together my website, uh, kellenmylad.com, uh, just a collection of, of my thoughts and musings on movement and life and, and, and um I've really enjoyed that. So you know, anyone wants to check out my blog or learn a little bit more about how I see it and how you can develop your own movement practice, definitely uh, check me out there. I'm pretty active on, on Facebook as well. Um, but my, uh, can definitely be found, 
found uh, in, in the movement discussion in the world of Facebook as well. So um, as for right now, I'm hosting movement classes in the Milwaukee area. Haven't been really traveling or trying to put together too much of a, a, a traveling schedule yet. Uh, I've, I've been immersed in the world of movement, and now I'm kind of getting back to my roots in psychology and um, working on some new projects, um, kind of you know, taking this movement stuff, combining it with psychology and see how, see how deep we can go, see if we can really uh, create some positive impacts for people um, connecting their movement practice to uh, all the elements of their life. So I've got some things upcoming, but the, the, the Internet is a great place to find me, Facebook or, or on my website. Awesome, man. Thank awesome. you so, so much for being here. Guys, appreciate it's been, it big time. We'd love it's been to have a pleasure. you back again in the Thank future. Thank you, Karen. Thank you very much. And so, uh, forward to. I'm probably gonna be uh, PMing you about helping me with my handstands. I'm I'm down, brother. We'll we'll get you up and in, inverted and doing some some crazy stuff. All right, dude. Thanks all so right, much. guys. Take care. Have a great weekend. Bye.